Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Let's talk about Anders Carlson. I know you don't want to, but it started really hot in the Bengals game, making all his kicks, and then kind of fell apart at the end of the game think it's still rookie jitters i'm i guess my question is how long of a leash do you think he has at this point before the packers get nervous about his performance okay here i have two comments about this because one to your question i think his leash is fairly long because like if it's not losing them games i think they're going to give him you know like some growing room but to that end i don't understand why they don't have anyone else in like they should at least have some like practice squad level kickers. I mean, they brought people in when Mason Crosby was, was kicking for us. So like, where's the competition? Like, or just like the, the backup, like there should be someone. Cause like he missed. Right. There's competition at punter. Like, yeah. Right. Like there just should always be backup options. So that's my question really for the Packers front office. Not so much like how long are they going to give him? Cause like, who knows? We could be back in um, – we could start the season and it could be totally fine. And he misses the, like, occasional errant kick, but, like, who doesn't? Um, it's more that, like, it's been a consistent thing. And even today in practice, it's Wednesday, August 16th, and we're going to move on to the Patriots in a second. But the Packers had joint practices with the Patriots, and he was literally perfect except for, like, one random kick that apparently also the Patriots kicker had a hard time with because of the wind. And like that, that's the kind of stuff. Like I just think kicker woes have a lot of need a lot of context as well. Yeah. And I mean, obviously the connection here is his brother because they're related, but Daniel Carlson had the same struggles with the Vikings when he was uh, brought onto the team, they released him and now he's having a very successful career with the Raiders. So it really kind of shows you that there are growing pains when you're a rookie kicker. There's a lot of acclimation to get into the NFL, um, but sometimes they do pan out. It's just a matter of whether or not the Packers feel comfortable kind of weathering those storms or if they're going to want to look elsewhere. But I'm glad you mentioned joint practices obviously going on the rest of the week. And then the Packers and Patriots will play the second preseason game at Lambeau Field on Saturday. You had said it last week when Aaron Nagler joined us. The Packers haven't had a tight end to be really excited about since Jermichael Finley. So the fact that they have Luke Musgrave, we haven't heard as much from Tucker Craft, but he'll get his opportunities as well. It's a lot to like, and it's fun to have a young offense that can build off of all these things together. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yeah. I mean, I think what's exciting about Luke Musgrave is, I mean, I'll speak personally. I think there's a couple of things. I think one is like the tight end position just has not been any kind of really like big focal point for this team when it comes to like roster building, right? They have just not invested. Like they, they did the Martellus Bennett thing, right? They, they did the cook thing. They brought in, you know, a very, very aging Jimmy Graham, like the, but not in the way that they did it this this season, right, in the draft. Like, to take a tight end of Luke Musgraves and Tucker Crafts, quite frankly, caliber, take them back-to-back on the – not back-to-back, but in the same day, right, round two, round three, to just, like, invest that much, it's hard not to get excited about them. And that's no hate to Josiah DeGuara either. I know they took him in the third round a couple of seasons ago, but we've seen he's more of that H-back, fullback. Like, Luke Musgrave is your – big body move tight end. Um, and he's an athletic freak, right? Like this was this, this was the draft to take a tight end. Um, we knew the Packers were going to, they had to, that room had literally no one in it. Um, and they ended up taking a guy who quite frankly, if he hadn't gotten injured, probably would have been a first round pick. Um, and they got him at what might end up being a pretty good deal because he looks like everything that, you want in a tight end and more he's six six he's a huge body he's super fast he's catching pretty much everything he's having an amazing camp he's already developed a connection with the quarterback and that's really exciting um I think a dynamic tight end I mean you see it across the league you see it in your Travis Kelsey's and your George Kittles and not even in those guys who are just like top of their line but in the Mark Andrews right of the NFL where they just completely change the dynamic of an offense. They just bring this level that doesn't, that defenses like have to game plan for, right? You're a mismatch when you're six, six and you're that fast and you can go up against a corner who's maybe a little bit smaller than you, but you can also get matched up against a linebacker and you can also block your ass off. Like there's just something about this level of a tight end that, um, could be, I don't know, this is not a hot take, but like just a forecast of just like could end up being like a really unexpected security blanket for a young quarterback. And I think what's interesting too, when we talk about the performance of all these rookies is that Lucas Van Ness, who was the first round pick is kind of flying under the radar. And I know everybody says he's like a a physical specimen and he looks fantastic, but it's kind of funny because normally the first round pick is like 
the premier focal point. And then the rest of the draft class, you're just like hoping that you hit on a couple. Lucas Van Ness is kind of like the forgotten man when we talk about this draft class. Like we know he'll be good. He's behind Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. He's probably just not a focal point at practice right now, but we're talking about Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft and Carrington Valentine and Anthony Johnson Jr. And, um, you know, Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks and all these players that are getting all these opportunities. Um, Andres Carlson was a draft pick. Sean Clifford had a really nice preseason performance and he's a draft pick. Like, Mm-hmm. it's just kind of funny to see that the first round pick is kind of being swept under the rug because this class is just so good. And yes, it's early, but they look pretty good. I mean, it's funny that you say that because my rebuttal would have been, well, we're just really hyper-focused on the offense because that's the big question mark. But at the same time, you're right. We are talking about the kicker and a seventh round cornerback, but I think because those are surprises. And like, to me, the idea of Lucas Van Ness being like kind of a ready-made starter right now, like just isn't a surprise. It's awesome to see. And you love that he's like hitting expectations, but you just don't get as much love when all you do is hit expectations. And that's fine. That's not like, I don't, I feel like that came out sounding as a negative. I don't mean that as a negative. I just think like he'll get his flowers when the season starts and he's a wrecking ball on the field. But that's just kind of like, where we're at right now and speaking of the Packers defense got 13 what would have been 13 sacks on Matt Jones and the Patriots offense today so that's without Rashawn Gary so (laughs) things are going very well I think up front